Kimberly C. Paul. As I travel throughout each state, I realize that death is just a moment. It is how we live until that moment that matters. Finding connection with friends, family, and complete strangers. Journey with me. This is the Live Well, Die Well Tour. So, do you want to me to refer to you as Patch because you don't believe in labels? You can introduce me if that's what you need to Dr. do. Dr. Hunter Adams, known as Patch. Well, people say Dr. Patch Adams. Dr. Patch Adams. So, let me ask you a very human question. When are we on? We're on. Okay. How did you get the nickname Patch? I don't know. I was trying to leave the name Hunter. Are you serious? Yes, in a playful way. <laughs> tell me, tell me the truth. I told you the truth. Is that is that really is that really the truth? When I was a, a, a kid, they called me Huntsy. Huntsy. And when I was a teenager, they called me Cunter. Don't look so shocked. <laughs> So, so when did you? When did someone come up with the name Patch, or did it? Was it you? Well, it just was. I was leaving Hunter, leaving Hunter, and I don't know. And when do you recall the first time someone called you Patch? What do you remember about <laughs> fifty-five years ago? Sixty-five. 50 years ago. What do you remember about 50 years ago? Yeah, not much. So let me, let's bring people. Oh, is that not shut, that door? That door right there? Yeah. That's shut. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, a lot of people uh, talk about Robin Williams and this movie, Patch Adams, but I'm not sure it really reflects or did exactly what you wanted it to do. So let's talk about that. Like the movie happened. And well, I, I wrote my first book, Gesundheit, and people read it and wanted to make a movie of it. I agreed when they agreed to build our hospital. So as we sat around the table in La La Land and the 12 men were there representing Universal Studios, I held up the 120-page contract, and I say, does this build our hospital? I went to each one of them, looked them in the eye, held their hand, and they said yes. I signed the contract, and the movie was made. But no hospital. Right. Well, I, I, I want the audience to hear that, yes, the hospital refused. I mean, the movie refused to build the hospital, but 90% of the promises made me never happen. So how is that different? Yeah, You can promise $10 and not send it, and that's the same as promising $70 million and not sending it. Well, you know, like we were talking prior to recording, it, people think the hospital's built. Well, the... Movie did give the illusion that it was built, 
But if they've heard the 70 million who have given me rousing standing ovations have heard me say it isn't built, and please donate, and many tell me they will donate, and they don't. So talk to me about this hospital. Talk to me about... Well, I entered medical school in 1967, and I saw nothing good at about American Hospital within a month. Why did you continue? 95% of my professors were rude, arrogant, bad word. Mm. And hospitals were, there was no love, there was no humor, joy. It was frenetic, boring setting. And that I was trained to be a doctor in 7.8 minutes or less. And somehow you're supposed to know an adult whose life is complicated in those few moments. And so I got in trouble when doctors would be rude. I would go, nice rudeness, doctor. You humiliated that patient beautifully. I hope I'm a big, strong doctor like you when I grow up. So I didn't make a lot of friends in my uh, The truth never does make friends, does and it? And so... I, it was a time of revolution, and I'm, you know, my library's 40,000 books, no John Grisham. They're books about thoughtfulness and revolution and great literature. And so I said, if you don't like it, what hospital would you like? So I spent my medical school years designing a hospital that eliminates 90% of the cost where all the com- Pay staff live together as a communal eco-village, and everyone from the cleaning person to the surgeon makes the same salary, $300 a month. A hospital that is a fully operating farm, an artist colony where all the arts are flourishing, and... So I graduated in 1971, and nobody gave me a hospital. Boo-hoo. So I did what leftist hippies did in 1971, and that is 20 of us moved into a large six-bedroom house and said we were a hospital. Three of us were doctors. We had 500 to 1,000 people in our home each month with five to 50 overnight guests a night in a six-bedroom house with 20 adults still already living there with their children. It was a madhouse and fascinating and thrilling. I learned to live on two to five hours of sleep. Good gracious. I loved every second of it and did not get one donation in those 12 years. And so I realized that what sold in the United States was fame We had refused publicity before then, so I went public, and I knew that would mean I would have to be the media monkey, and so I became somebody on radio and TV and in the print, and so I was invited to speak, and so I've spoken many times in every state and 82 countries, and Still no 90% hospital. of the money I made is what 90% of Gesundheit's donations have been. Wow. And 
Why do you think that? Why do you think? Well, let me just finish this thought. And that is within a year of closing the hospital and not seeing patients, I realized that I need to do care, that it is my soul to do care. And so I started our clown trips uh, 35 years ago. And I started to tell all my audiences that I answer all my mail. So I've written 139 countries, I three to 600 letters a month for most of that period, and I'm caught up. And we've done 200 clown trips, and I love it all. So tell me, what do you find healing about humor? Because I, 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 well, what a silly question. <laughs> Everyone loves humor. People are much more nervous about the word love than they are humor. True. The, I never said it, and I never would say it. But Patch Adams, a founder of laughter, is the best medicine. You know, I would say friendship is the best medicine, mm-hmm. but no one ever hears that. Laughter is one of life's great treasures. Mm. It can help you feel great on a day you're feeling horrible. Mm. And I started to be a clown in my youth because if I made the bully laugh, they didn't hit their fool. Mm. You know, it's really interesting as I'm like traveling the country, even people who are grieving laugh. Um, and cry within several moments too. So, I mean, what what do you feel happens in the human body as a physician or a philosopher about humor? Because it heals a well, lot. Well, it sneaks right? up on a person, and they laugh without guarding themselves. Right. It's a natural response. And why you know, Mary Poppins made a song of it. I love to laugh. It's getting worse every year. The more <laughs> I laugh, the more I filled with glee. The more the glee, the more I'm a merrier me. Oh, I love that. So how do we build this hospital? Because I think, I think. Well, it's, I'm looking for $300 million. That's 70 all? would build the hospital and the rest would be an endowment. When you say that's all, I'm, so I think I mentioned that 90% of all money donated is money I made. We own 327 acres in the poorest state for healthcare, West Virginia. We have three waterfalls, caves behind the waterfalls, a four-acre lake, a mountain of hardwood trees, and we're building a 40-bed primary rural community hospital. 120 rooms and beds for staff people, all who will make the same salary, $300 a month, and 40 beds for guests. So on any given dairy, there would be 200 adults there. And it'll be a fully operating permaculture farm and an artist colony. Most of the staff will be artists, and we celebrate artists, and they'll be there in those 40 empty beds, and et cetera. So what, now I know this, but what is the difference between your vision and what people are experiencing right now in this 
disease management system we call a health Come on, your medical bill is the number one reason you lose your home. I've clowned in hospitals in 82 countries. I haven't found one funny hospital, one loving hospital, one joyful hospital. So they're not recognizable. There's not comparable. They think technology is the practice of medicine. My initial interview with a patient's four hours long. I was trained to do it in five to seven minutes. If I had to be their kind of doctor, I'd rather be a ditch digger. <laughs> well, yeah. Because so it's what wrong. Kind, what kind of doctor are you, Patch? I am a thoughtful, playful, loving doctor. Who has sometimes... I clowned in, in Trinidad for five men who were hung the next morning for capital crimes. Four of them loved it. Hmm. You know, I'm a family doctor who... In medical school, we did not get one lecture on health, not one lecture on diet, exercise, one lecture on love or spirit or wonder or curiosity or passion or hope. None of those things were mentioned, and I'm full of all of them. Hmm. So how do we how do we change healthcare? I mean, to make it more because I without models, there's no hope. Right. We have to show it differently because if you ask a doctor why they don't do it differently, they just say, I can't. Or politics or bullshit. Or they don't want to say, I won't. Right. You know, the capitalist system is the worst disease of history and the probable cause of our extinction. And it has infected everything. In fact, they stole the word rich. Rich is a good friend. You're rich when you have a good friend, when you have your health, when you have the sweetness to sit under a tree and feel peace or read a good poem. What do you think of the end-of-life industry? which I have to call it an industry because it's a money-making business, business capitalism, which I want to reclaim all of that. But, I mean, how, how can we do that? How can we? One of my first papers was called Fun Death. Yeah. If you want a fun one, why don't we have a fun one? And you start thinking, what does that mean? If I can't recognize Susan, I want the happy drink. Right. I think a person has the right to die when they want to. I do not want to sound like I'm trumping up, oh, did I use that word, Trump? trumping up suicide, <laughs> right. because if anyone loves you or cares for you, if you kill yourself, they're going to spend their whole lifetime wondering why they weren't enough. So that's cruelty plus to commit suicide. But what I'm talking about is not suicide. So you can be sick enough and say enough. I'm done with the suffering. And or prolonging this death. So I I mean the real question is are you living? Most people mm. are not living. Death is three minutes. Yeah. Tick, 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 in. But living is your life. And the normal American has a self they don't like in a marriage they don't like, in a job they don't like, and that's not why they're coming to the doctor. Hmm. 
that's what they accept as what is. Well, do you think that's because we feel like death is so out there? Because I think of my mortality every day, which brings me back to this moment. What if I drive away from this conversation and boom, what would be my last words? In the power of now, living right here, finding the ordinary to be extraordinary. Well, I told you earlier in a conversation that in my four-hour interviews for 52 years, I found 3% had self-esteem. <laughs> right. So the traditional response from a patient is going to be, I can't. Patch, I can. <laughs> I say, uh, don't you mean I won't? Mm. And they usually wake up for a moment with that comment. So that if you don't exercise, you will be, you'll think 30 is old. If you do not take charge of your mind, the television is very happy to take charge of your mind. How else could have Trump been voted in. Hmm. You know, to me, only if you're a TV watcher could you possibly have voted for Trump. And many millions of people are. And so, yes, one option that they never mentioned in medical school is that you can be exactly who you decide to be. And what would that be? What would that look like? If you watch television, it, it looks like you want a very lucrative job, a very pretty partner, and children going to private schools. Hmm. Where that's not what I'm talking about at all. Right. It's about... No, no public school K-12 through in the world teaches one hour in 13 years on loving. How stupid are we? The most important thing in life is not taught. It's an intelligence. So there's a hell of a lot to know about loving. It's not taught. No medical school in the world teaches compassion. I thought that's what the practice of medicine was, was the practice of compassion. And you did not find that at all, did you? No. I told you 95% of my professors were rude and arrogant men. Women started to come into medicine after I was in medical school. There were eight in my class of 130. What? So, Do you not remember that period while well, you're young? Um, I was born in 1971. There you go. So, but I, but this is why I'm sitting in front of you, because I feel like your lessons are so valid. If not back then, they're... They're multiplied today. And I see and your vision of, of what you're trying to create. Nor did I, I mean, I, my background's film and television. And I left because I was personally wounded of someone who didn't tell me they were dying. And I found out years later who happened to be the love of my life. But I wanted to change things. How do we normalize death? And I think that's, I mean, first it's like, how do we normalize living? Well, you set an example. It's hard. Nothing I do is hard. I want you to hear me. I live love and humor and joy, you know, 
wonder, curiosity, passion, and hope every second of my life because I decide that's who I'm going to be. Anyone can decide who they're going to be. And they actually, if they paid close attention, they would start noticing when they did that. They put on a particular face when this new date is arriving to pick them up. They may be hating life in that moment. So they put on a happy face. Fake it until you but make it. one can decide to be a nice person. One can. And, I mean, the, the worst social decision in history was nuclear family. It doesn't work in any country. I've never been to a country where the social worker and psychologist said there were any more than 15% of happy marriages or couples. We are naturally communal. The environmental footprint, if 20 adults live together as opposed to one or two living together, is extremely different. And so much easier and so much more who we really are. You know, my grandmother, she grew up in the Great Depression and she was really poor. But she always said she was rich because of her relationships. And they, her nine brothers and sisters were close until they death parted them. And why, why are we not putting connection, um, this philosophy of yours, into radical action today? What, why are we not choosing to do this? Well, what school teaches it? You know, let's look at schools. Grades. For me, that's a criminal act. No child should ever be graded on anything in school. It is cruelty plus and really hurts education in every way. And yet that's what we do. And the messages we give men for what men are supposed to be like and messages we give women for how women are supposed to be. Uh, and somehow you're not bad if you shoot people. You are bad if you're gay. Mm. So we have all of these nightmarish scenarios, yeah. That that are there. I mean, how does anyone, pardon me, dumb themselves down enough to watch TV? <laughs> I think we're numbing out. Because I think well, it's a then if, go ahead. If you're thoughtless, anything can happen. Mm. I tell my audiences all over the world, I think no more than 15% of adults ever think that not one day a year do 85% of people do what I mean by thinking. You don't think because you have a brain, but because you've discovered a magnificent instrument. Hmm. Yeah. That's powerful, actually. That's... And you can use that instrument to, for the good or for the bad. Well, I actually think thinking would never come to the conclusion to harm somebody. Tell me, how can people uh, find you and let's really build this hospital? And I want to work with you. I, I really do. I mean, I want to, whether it's in West Virginia, I want to create a hospital that 
that can be duplicated can be more well, we don't we don't we don't want to be copied we want to say we're doing what we want what's your fantasy mm. we don't want the mcdonald's method of spreading a good thing we want we're saying we're doing it this way what's your fantasy and do your fantasy not your compromise okay that's a good suggestion um so how can people give? And you're looking for well, 500? Well, my address is on patchadams.org, so they can write a big fat check or whatever kind of check they want to write and mail it to me with that address. And you said $3 million, $300 million. $300 million is what I need, 70 to build and the rest for an endowment. I can give you my address, 122 Franklin Street, Urbana, Illinois, 61801, to mail a check to do the internet. Come sit with me, cutie. <laughs> Derek. Okay, hey, surprise. Tell them all the ways. You can find us on patchadams.org. Also, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. And we also have a Patreon uh, where you can sign up for a monthly donation. So that would be patreon.org, I think. So, yeah. Oh, and Twitter. We do Twitter as well occasionally. So we, we're we going to be on the mission to get this 300. Let's just say this patch. Let's say you have the money. When will you start building? To yesterday? We've started building. We own the land. We have built three beautiful small buildings. We have the shell of our first big building up. With $2 million, we'll finish that building. Did you hear that? That figure is $2 million. <laughs> and what, what would happen if the $300 million landed in my lap today yeah. is as soon as I could, I would get everybody that we collectively feel would be good to meet us and send them to West Virginia and have a big meeting with our architect. And, and we would, because we've had ideas of what it should look like over 49 years, and I want it to be today's version, version of yeah. that, exactly. So now you know how to give for this unique vision of a hospital that's centered really about caring and connection um, within healthcare. Right. Sounds pretty simple, and I think Every your cat queenie you is all about it. Every time you complain about our healthcare system and don't make a donation, you like our healthcare system. Mm, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. So please help us. And bah, I'm the slowest fundraiser in American history. <laughs> let's break my record. Yeah, let's do. And um, and you said you were going to hire me, right? I did. <laughs> if I can help you get funded. Well, it's, I much, can at least it's actually Derek. more complicated than that, okay? <laughs> because I'm asking the staff to be those six qualities, mm. to create a culture so that people could see that culture in action yeah. and how having a culture of those six qualities is enchanting. Yeah. And so... I could have the best surgeon in the world, and if they're a whiner, goodbye. True. Just by being a whiner. Yeah. 
Okay, so we want the culture of the hospital to be seductive. That's in itself seductive. I love that word. And and that they they go, wow, everybody's so happy. Yeah. Yeah. Because they made a decision. if you're doing exactly what you want to do with your life and aren't happy, go (laughs) Did I say that? Oh, I can't believe I said that, Dr. Patch Adams. She'll cut that. We'll see about that. But um, I just appreciate being invited in your home around your, is this your library? Oh, if you think this is the library. Oh, that's a shame, right? Just get a hint from the next Holy cow, all these books. Um, Oh, with books. That's insane. I love it. And and most this is only a third of the library. So what we're looking is for three million, three hundred million people to give a dollar. Yes, that would work. It'll be a little more complicated than one check for three hundred million, <laughs> but we'll take whatever we can get. So you every- can even send us foreign currency. Oh wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Don't send us Confederate dollars <laughs> unless they're worth something in museums uh, or Monopoly money. Thank you. Uh, no, we got to have it real. Gold, solid gold works. It's a little bit of a labor intensive, but solid gold and finely cut diamonds. We'll do too. But if you want to be part of ending the whining about the way U.S. healthcare is. Help us, please. Thank you for your time. Thanks for joining us today. And remember, you're the designer. This podcast is produced by Jason Andre with Seven Season Films. If you're interested in telling your story via podcast, look him up. You can find him at sevenseasonfilms.com.